This episode of Saturday Morning Rewind is brought to you by Voice Chasers, celebrating voice actors and the craft of voiceover since 1996. Visit them online at voicechasers.com to learn more about this episode's guest or any other voice actor. Welcome to Saturday Morning Rewind, a show dedicated to the love of animation and feeling like a kid again. So let's go back in time to when cats defended Third Earth. Sword of Omens, give me sight beyond sight. A masked duck protected the streets of St. Canard. I am the terror that flaps in the night. And knowing was half the battle. Yo, yo! Let's go back with Saturday Morning Rewind and your host, Tim Nidell. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Saturday Morning Rewind, the show that takes you back to your childhood one interview at a time. My name is Tim Nadell, the host of Saturday Morning Rewind. If this is your first time, thank you so much for tuning in. Please make yourself feel comfortable. Take a look at our back catalog of interviews. We have some amazing, amazing guests out there for you to listen to. And of course, check out our website at SaturdayMorningRewind.com. We have a lot of very cool stuff on there, including our Patreon campaign, just in case you want to help us out financially. Even $1 a month would honestly help us out. And of course, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All the links are on the website, SaturdayMorningRewind.com. So today's episode, wow. I'm just going to get straight to it. We have Ed Asner. Legendary actor Ed Asner is on Saturday Morning Rewind. Of course, most of you probably know him as Lou Grant on the Merrily Tyler Moore show from the 70s. But Ed is also a huge voice actor. Of course, one of my favorites, I'm sure one of yours too, was Mr. Fredrickson from Up. You ever heard of a snipe? Snipe? Bert, beady eyes. Every night it sneaks in my yard and gobbles my poor azaleas. I'm elderly and infirm. I can't catch it. If only someone could help me. Now, when you get up there, go ahead and hoist me up. Got it? I don't say this a lot about modern day animated features but up one of the best animated features of all time honestly and the movie would not have been the same without ed asner as mr frederickson of course he also grew up loving cartoons from the 80s and 90s you'll recognize him as hoggis greedley from captain planet and the planeteers i'm sure you eagle twerps and dr goody two shoes will have lots to talk about <laughs> hudson from gargoyles Thieves always return to the scene of the crime, lass. I learned that from the television. J. Jonah Jameson from the Spider-Man animated series from the 90s. But how would you like to get back at him and make a real name for yourself? And you're on. I have one trick up my sleeve that will get that wall-crawling wimp out of my hair forever. And of course, one of my personal all-time favorite characters of any cartoon series was Cosgrove from Freakazoid. Hey, Freakazoid. Wanna go see a bear ride a motorcycle? By the way, Steph and the kids have been captured by that spooky boogeyman guy. Think I should go help him? I would, but that's me. I do need to note one correction from my interview. Him and I started talking, we, we went off and started talking about Alfred Hitchcock and how he did a couple Alfred Hitchcock Presents episodes. And uh, I mentioned to him that Alfred Hitchcock was banned from Disneyland for making a movie Although that is true, 
I said it was the birds when it wasn't the birds. It was actually Psycho. I knew that. And as soon as I hung up with Ed, I was like, oh my god, what did I just say? I was so wrong. But I'm going to leave it in there because, you know, he has a funny, you know, a couple remarks about it. And I just know that it wasn't the birds. It was actually Psycho. But Ed is seriously a legendary actor. I'm a huge, huge fan of his work. So it was so great to have him come on the show. And now here's my interview with Ed Asner. Our show is all about taking our listeners back to our childhood. Back to a simpler time, you know. What was your childhood like as a kid? The usual bullies and friends and uh, facing off to the bullies and seeing different uh, economic strata of life. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Uh, up until second grade, we lived across the street from Armour's Packing House. Okay. Did you enjoy any full-length Disney features at all as a kid? No. Really? Well, of course I did. <laughs> I was going to say. I mean, I mean, is the air breathable? <laughs> what were some uh, of your favorites? Snow White was monumental to me. Yeah. Dumbo was absolutely fantastic. Um, uh, what, what's your call it? Um, uh, Gulliver's Travels. Ah, yes. Ferdinand the Bull was the greatest thing in the world. (laughs) I could agree with that. It's amazing work. So as a kid, I grew up admiring your stuff on the screen, on on the small screen, and uh, your work on the Mayor of the Time of the Moore show was impeccable. That show still stands up today, which I can't say that about many shows that aired in the 70s and 80s. Tell me about working with Mary. We just lost her recently. What was Mary the Tyler Moore like? She was the consummate actress. She was the perfect numero uno. She gave uh, of herself all the time. Mm-hmm. Her lunch hour was filled with ballet lessons. Wow. Yeah. Uh, never complain. If you did, it wasn't to me. <laughs> And um, she enabled every one of the loonies on his show, on her show, to um, cavort and capture the uh, affection of the audience. But um, she was big enough to open up all the way. And she definitely opened up a lot of doors too. Mm, yeah. So I was. Uh, yeah. I was. I'd be nothing without her. Yeah. No, I I can definitely see that because that show. It was so different, so refreshing for its time. Yeah. So I was going through some of your IMDb credits, and I saw you did an episode of Alfred Hitchcock Presents. I didn't know you did that. What was working with Alfred I, well, Hitchcock? I did two Alfred Hitchcock. Okay. Shows. What was that like? Was that the hour show or the half hour? This one said hour show. Okay. That was with Bradford Dillman, I believe. And uh, was it... I forget who he did it, Diana Hyland, Bradford Dillman. I can't remember who the second man was. <laughs> it's it's but been he was a while. As big, if not bigger than Bradford. Yeah. What was working under Alfred Hitchcock like? Uh, it was, there were no problems. We all worked uh, well together. Um, that's the one with the, uh, with the uh, rotten kid. This one has you credited as playing Warden. 
Bragan. That's an hour show? I, I think it's what it said online, yeah. But it's always, you know, the internet isn't always accurate, so who knows? Oh, my God. Well, then, uh, then I was wrong. Bradford and Diana Highland weren't on it. Uh, I think uh, R.G. Armstrong may have been on it. Okay. And um, I, I don't... I don't remember any troubles or problems. It went smoothly. I uh, I was really doing Hitchcock. Yeah, no, Hitchcock. Even ever since I was a child, and I think maybe the first thing I saw may have been Rear Window as a child. I've just been gravitated towards his genius. Well, I was cultivated to enjoy him before that. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, a lot of amazing, amazing quality work he did. Was the 39 Steps his? Yes, it was, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And I, I later found, you know, that it was kind of humorous that Hitchcock was banned from Disneyland because of his work on The Birds, how Walt Disney didn't really think that was a quality movie for somebody to, to make, and so he banned Hitchcock from Disneyland. Walt D- Disney didn't think... <laughs> What what was wrong with the picture? I think he just thought it was maybe too bloody and too violent, maybe. Oh, well, he must have been getting senile at that time. <laughs> he, very, he very well could be. Yeah. And even one of his own, you know, close friends and co-workers of iWorks worked on, on the birds, so I don't know. I don't know what he didn't really dislike about it. It wasn't that bloody. Exactly. I, I know. <laughs> I think, I think uh, Walt must have been fighting the birds. <laughs> that very well could be. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I wanted to talk a little bit about of your voiceover work, which I'm a huge, huge fan of your voiceover work. I understand that you actually did some training under Patrick Fraley. Is that right? I didn't really. We kind of worked together. Okay. Tell me about that. Yeah. Well, he's a, he's a hillbilly who really knows how to talk. He has uh, uh, special classes which he would include me in as a subsidiary teacher. Mm-hmm. And I'd make a little cash money. And okay. It felt good. He, uh, he, he knows how to dot the I's and cross the T's. <laughs> yeah, I'm a huge fan of his work. I've had him on the show as well a couple of years ago. Great guy. Well, uh, did he, he got over the smell, did he? A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Not all the way yet, a little bit. Well, thank God. <laughs> I was truly worried about him. Uh, yeah, yeah, so was I. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I understand your first big voiceover gig was in Captain Planet where you uh, voiced Hoggis Greedley? Yeah. What was yeah. playing a villain like? Because I don't think you've played a villain too many times. No, uh, I um, I went all out, as you can tell. Yeah, oh, I love that character. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. And the key for me was um, inventing that... Uh, that laugh was just a big grunt, more or less. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the rest of it was easy. I, uh, I've always been overweight, so <laughs> identified with the pudginess of the character. Uh-huh. And um, the voracious appetite he demonstrated was certainly like me. So uh, it wasn't a stretch. Yeah. It's one of the few roles where I can I can listen back, and I honestly still kind of can't pinpoint that it's you doing the voice, which is a great you know acknowledgement. 
to say yeah. that. Well, you forget that I come from Kansas. Uh. <laughs> and, and Walt, Walt Disney came from the adjoining state of Missouri. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was easy to achieve. One of my favorite all-time underrated cartoons is easily Freakazoid, where, of course, you voiced Cosgrove. Yeah. Yeah. What was working on Freakazoid like? I'm sure you would look at the script and, and you think inside, it's like, you want me to say what now? Yeah, well, <laughs> the thing about working on Freakazoid was that uh, everybody was cavorting around me. Mm-hmm. And from the get-go, I discovered that uh, I I was to provide the least oomph <laughs> of any of the characters. I, I settled on to the Flat Plains character of Cosgrove, and uh, I was able to relax and uh, watch the other loonies. <laughs> and boy, are they loony. Mm-hmm. A clever show, a very clever show. Yeah, I, I was around 15 when it came out, so I, I know they were trying to get the younger audience, but I think I was the perfect age to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it, um, I run into its fans all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a good um, breakthrough into the, uh, into the world of imaginary people. Yeah, yeah. So after that, or around that time, you also were on Disney's um, Gargoyles, where you had to create a, a Scottish accent for your character. Yeah, that that became an obsession with me. Was it? To do the uh, the accent right was always a um, big question or a big if for me, and uh, I was glad that the, every, most people seemed satisfied. Was it hard to? learn that accent at all? Uh, I pro- probably had done a few minor attempts at it before. Mm-hmm. I can't remember where or what. But uh, I'm, uh, I've never nailed... I've never nailed Scots, um, Italian, hmm. or um, French down that cleverly. Hmm. So it, it it becomes a, uh, a you know workhorse for me every time that happens. Mm-hmm. Did you go through any like? I can do Eastern European. I can do German. Wow. Uh, I can do Irish. Uh, but uh, the three I mentioned are kind of bugaboos. For me. <laughs> I'll never forget. I did a a, 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 a an untouchables. One of my untouchables. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were uh, the uh, the innocents in the movie. Uh, we were uh, a um, clan of gypsies. And I said, okay, so gypsies, uh, what would their accent be like? And I said, well, it's kind of like Hungarian, I guess. Hungarian gypsies. Hungarians are known for gypsies. Uh-huh. So I worked on this Hungarian accent. And uh, Vince McAveedy was the director. And uh, after the first day, he said, "Ed, you don't, you can, you can drop the accent if you if you, <laughs> if you want." How do you drop an accent after one day's work already? Yeah, exactly. So I, I I stayed with it. I I tuned it down a little, 
but I had gone to my accent book. Now, the accent book, if you're Hungarian, is a lot like German. It has that rough quality. And I, I, I didn't want to sound like that. And I, and I said, it all could have been so saved, all that trouble, if I had just imitated Zsa Kapoor. <laughs> but I didn't do it. <laughs> oh, that would have been great to hear, though. Damn me. Damn me. <laughs> okay, so I'm sure you hear this quite a bit, but honestly, one of the greatest animated features of all time was Up!, and I I still cry today when I watch it. Yeah. yeah. How did you get involved in Up? Well, my voiceover agent at the time submitted my tape, as he did with thousands of others. And the uh, two producers, um, directors, which his name is. There's Pete Doctor. Yeah, Pete Doctor and uh, Bob... Um, I keep forgetting names now. No, there's no laughter. Ah, I think it was eventually. <laughs> but they're both great guys. And they, uh, I thought, only found this out after doing the job. So, um, I was also scheduled at that time to do a, a one-man play that I had been doing readings of. <clears throat> it's called... Numbers of people. It's about a guy who works for somebody like the UN or somebody like that. Okay. Who keeps tally of the decedents in Holocaust. And um, so I, um, I, I do this play, and it's a great play by um, Mike, Emily Beck. A great play. And um, I, uh, I, I try to talk it up wherever I go. So I went in and I was I was doing um, for a Jewish fundraising group in Alameda County. I was doing a reading for them. I did the reading and uh, sometime later, uh, um, Bob Peterson. That's it's Peterson. Yeah, thank the voice of Doug. Yeah, Pete Doctor, of course, uh, was the main producer and writer, and. Um, he said to me, uh, we caught your show up in Alameda. I said, what? <laughs> you, you did? <laughs> yeah, that's what convinced us to hire you. So, I mean, this character dealt with such horrible tragedy mm -hmm. as the Holocaust. And my rendition of him gave them uh, sufficient cause to hire me for up. Do you know if you're rendition of your character in the play influenced Carl at all in the movie? No, I, I, I don't think so. Because he was starting to go through dementia in yeah. the play. Okay, okay. But uh, 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 Carl never did. What appealed most to you about Carl? What did you like the most about Carl? He's a perfect example of the, uh, of the monster we create as young people for the grouch mm. who inhabits our lives. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then on closer association, closer and closer and closer, finally you come to realize that he just does that as a defense mechanism, that he's a wonderful, sweet guy underneath. 
Yeah, I can totally agree with that because, you know, even as a kid, we had neighbors who we thought were just the worst, you know, the older couple. But you you learn that they're all human. They all have a soft side to them. Right, right. Uh, Avuncular is the word used, kind of. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think it certainly applies to Carl. Yes, definitely. And I also refer to up as a double love story. Ah, yes, that's true. It has that aspect to it, and uh, uh, it's a a wonderful circle of events. Mm -hmm. I think I think he's a genius, Uh, uh, Cook. Yes, doctor. Um, I mean, what is this book? Yep, Pete Doctor. Yep, doctor. (laughs) There's a a difference. Yeah, there's a slight difference there. Different type of chef. That opening scene still makes me cry, like I said, and I know you didn't have any um, roles, you didn't have any speaking yeah. parts during that part, so you probably didn't see it as soon as, you know, you could have. When you actually did see it for the first time, what did you think and what did you experience while watching that first 15 minutes? How clever. How clever. And everybody talks about those first 15 minutes. Yeah. No, it's going to go down in history, I think, as some of the most emotional and most roller coaster of a of a movie, especially in animated yeah. features. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I uh, the first the first two times I saw it was in three D, and I hated it. Uh, I didn't <laughs> hate it, but I I hated the idea of the three D. Yeah, it was too dark. I didn't like the results. Second time I saw it, and by this time I guess I was learning to somehow relax. Third time I saw it was. Uh, 2D. Mm-hmm. Uh, it all the difference in the world for me. I agree. I hate 3D too because you get those glasses on, and if there's any kind of lighting around you, it just makes the screen darker than it should yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah. When will they learn? So in the movie, your dog Doug can talk. In real life, would you want a pet that talks? Oh, uh, sure. Why not? You don't got a human there. Why would you want a uh, an animal? That's true. Would you... I'll take it at any time. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I may place the animals before humans. If yeah. <laughs> I think most people think that way nowadays, especially with the way the world is going, how humanity okay. just isn't the same, you know. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure our beloved president will try to find some kind of dog that he can talk to. I <laughs> won't talk back either. <laughs> nope. <laughs> And uh, just let Carl and up, if you can just take your house and just take it anywhere in the world, where would you go and why? Well, I, um, I like uh, ending up in Paradise Falls. Yeah, it's beautiful. But Ellie and I always wanted anyway. Exactly. But I think uh, I wouldn't have minded landing in, landing in the Galapagos, having the company and the joy of all the animals there exactly uh, a, uh, a sweet place so i was looking up some of your upcoming credits and i see you are yet again going to play santa in two different roles do you honestly have the record for no yeah. <laughs> i don't know i they, they, they keep seeking me out of it <laughs> and there isn't santa to begin with it ends up being santa <laughs> exactly <laughs> tiresome I must say, tiresome. Yeah, you can't be that creative with the role of Santa, you know what I mean, as an actor. No, and you're limited. 
That's why I love the Elf so much. Exactly. I was going to say that. Because Favreau, Favreau created uh, exits and entrances for, for Santa there that flew against the, the normal opinion of Santa. Mm-hmm. So it made him fun to do. I, and I love talking about Don't eat the, the gum stuck to the bottom <laughs> of the railing. That's, that's, that's some bad stuff. And that movie definitely has become a new family tradition for my family. We watch it every November, December. Well, he's as good as Santa Claus. Be sure and tell him that. <laughs> for sure. So do you, uh, have, do you have anything else coming up that you wanted to talk about or promote? Nothing in animation that I know of. Okay. Uh, um, coming out uh, in a book I wrote with Ed Weinberger. Okay, great. Is it like a autobiography style? No, it uh, it deals with the uh, the alt right and the uh, the tendency by elite Republicans. Okay, to claim that they uh, they know the real meaning of what it is to be a uh, Supreme Court nominee and member. When is that going to be coming out? October tenth. Perfect. I'll put that in the show notes as well. Oh, good. Well, all right, Ed. I'm a huge, huge fan. You have no idea how big of a fan I am of yours. So I, I love it that you came on our little show here. Oh, I was delighted to. What, uh, where are you? I'm in Montana. Uh-huh. Big spike. Big sky country. Big spike. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> big sky country. <laughs> and uh, wear it well. Prize it. Yeah, no, I Use love it. it. That's great. Yeah. I envy you. Well, you should come visit sometime. Well, I, I may declare you out of, out of bounds. Okay. Take over your property eventually. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Just brace yourself. <laughs> we would love that. Thanks for listening to that Saturday Morning Rewind. Please check them out on Facebook and Twitter. And that's all, folks. <laughs> <laughs>